Our reading thanks from John 21, reading from verse 15. When they finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you'll stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you to where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Fantastic. Thank you, Steve. Good. Wonderful. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. Really lovely to see you here. If you don't know who I am, I'm James. I'm a, uh, the vicar here. And um, yeah, just to extend my welcome, coming on a bank holiday weekend after what feels like days of church services, doesn't it, really? We've all sat through. So, so uh, well done. Excellent. So um, a quick question for you. Uh, I don't know if you've got a, uh, an older brother or sister or a uh, husband or wife or a partner or what have you, that, um, that when, you're, when you're with them and you meet somebody else, there's sort of two of you, and, and you're trying to explain something that's happened, that they don't think you've done a good enough job and they take over and tell all the details that they think that you haven't said that you should have said. Does, does anybody resonate with that? Anyone, any, anyone that person who does the detail thing? No one's going to admit it, are, are they? Are they? But I can tell from eyes <laughs> who, who that is and who the people who don't give enough detail. You know that kind of thing where you, you, know, you come home from work or whatever, how's your day at work? I'd say, yeah, it was all right. And, um, but apparently that's not enough detail. So, so, you know, you've got to get, so, so some people are kind of wired to like, they want to know the detail on what happened and how did that happen and da, 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 da. Where others, we're just like, who knows? I can't even remember it. You know, I'm on, I'm on to the next thing. Uh, so we're all kind of those sorts of different kinds of people. But what's really interesting is you can apply that to the Gospels, okay? So the Gospels, there's four of them. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And uh, you can look at it like this way, you see. So Mark, he was the first gospel, the first gospel to be written, even though Matthew comes first. Bit weird, isn't it? But there you go. He was the first gospel to be written. He's the shortest, so I like it. I resonate with that. And so that's kind of Mark's gospel. Okay, that's Mark's gospel. So Mark, Matthew and Luke were reading Mark's gospel one day, having a little cup of tea or whatever they were having in those days. Glass of wine, probably a bit more sophisticated, weren't they? They were having a glass of wine. I looked at Mark's gospel and they thought, 
done, not done a bad job, that lad, Mark, has he? He's done quite well. And there's a rumour he's had stubby fingers, and he's done well, stubby fingers, that's what he used to call him. And it's true. And, um, but, but Luke thought, I could do a better job than that. So Luke wrote his own gospel. And you know he thought he could do a better job than that, because when he started writing Luke's gospel, he said, loads of other people have given accounts, but you've got to read mine. Mine's much better, little dig at Mark. But let's not get involved in those sort of dynamics. But so Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they all started writing their gospel, and it's brilliant, fantastic stuff. But John comes along, and it's a few years later, okay? So John's a little bit older, but it was Jesus' favourite, a little bit older, and he's looking at Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Stay with me. He's looking at them, and he's thinking, you know what? They don't give enough detail. So if you're a detail person, and you think your friend, partner, husband probably, doesn't give, sorry, doesn't give enough details uh, in what they say, uh, John is the kind of person you are. So John came along, he read these three, and he thought, we need something with a little bit more details. Because in Mark, Jesus is being a little bit kind of secretive and telling everyone, I'm the Messiah, but don't tell anyone, don't tell anyone, don't tell anyone. But in John's gospel, Jesus is like, you know, I'm here, I am God, before Abraham was, I am. And he's kind of making his case really, really strongly in John's gospel, a little bit different than he does in Matthew, Mark and Luke. So here's one of the questions I have, and I know Carlo's been thinking about this as well, which is simply this. It's this, is that in Mark's gospel and in Matthew's gospel and Luke's gospel, it says, doesn't it, that Jesus appears to Peter. You remember that, Sarah, don't you? Luke 24 says, but he never does. He never does. There's all these gaps. That, I knew there was a PowerPoint for a reason. Uh, there, and this is the question, one that you might ask occasionally, Michelle, is, where's Pete? Okay, so, so that's, the, that's the question. My father-in-law's called Pete as well. Uh, so where, where is he? So it says in Luke... Kath's thinking about... Yes, yeah, going to text that to her husband now. Uh, uh, so so uh, he's called John, but, but no, he's called Pete. Uh, so, so they're thinking, so where is Pete? So in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it's a, you know, they come up after they've gone to the road to Emmaus. There's a little verse that says, the Lord's really risen to us and he's a bit to Peter. But there's no record of it. So John's like, we need the detail where is Peter? So where was Peter when Jesus uh, met him? And it's simple. Yes, where, next slide. This is where Pete was at, wasn't he, Kath? He was having a holiday at the beach. Okay, that's where Peter was at. He, had his, uh, he knew, it, thought it had all gone wrong. So he thought, I'm going to go fishing again. He used to be a fisherman. I'm going to go and rest by the beach while I'm trying to work out what just happened in my life there and how to make sense of it. Now, I quite like that, don't you? He thought, I'm just going to go to the beach. You know, I, you know it's a bit like us going to, to, to the canal or something, isn't it? It's as nice. Um, you know, uh, have a little afternoon in Dudley Canal or whatever. But that, that's, what, that's where Peter did. He went to the beach and hanging out at the beach. And that's where he encounters Jesus. So if you like your little details, and if that's the sort of thing that you're, you're interested in, as it were, John was reading Matthew, Mark, and Luke and thinking, this is all very well. You keep telling everybody that he met Peter, but I'm going to tell you how it happened. And I wonder why John thought, years later, we better let people know how it happened. And I wonder it's because of this, that Peter really mucked up with Jesus, didn't he? He betrayed him. He got it wrong. He really mucked up. He said, I don't want any, I didn't even know this Jesus. It's never had anything to do with him in my life. He completely betrayed him and and denied him and didn't want anything to do with him and stood apart. And I just wonder sometimes whether then you see in the the rise of the early church, Peter's a leader. And I wonder whether people are thinking, well, how come he's leading? He he, he just, he bowled it when it came to it. You know, people, this little girl's asking him if he knew Jesus and he completely bottled it. And I wonder if John thought, you know, we need some detail. Let's get some detail into action here. And John thought, this is what I want to tell you. This is how it actually happened. How Jesus met 
Peter, how that encounter happened. And then there's just three little things we're going to look at uh, really uh, briefly before we worship and share uh, communion uh, to it. So yesterday, saw the coronation, very exciting, wasn't it? God save our king and God bless our king. Well, we have a similar thing happening. We have a coronation happening soon in June, isn't it? Sarah is getting licensed. So those of you who know, Sarah has been like, um, they call a curate or whatever that is, um, for, for a number of years. And then what's the date? 4th of July, June. 4th of June, we're going to have a special service here at 4pm. We're going to get the bishop. He'll be all dressed up and all that kind of stuff. And, and there'll be a few robes around. Very exciting. And Sarah will be licensed. That means she's been made official that she's sort of a vicar here and involved in top church. Coronation. Sarah's going to be coronated. So, so it's, as equivalent. it's equivalent. It's as coronated as... You may ever get so I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? See what happens. So anyway, we've got this great service plan. Um, and so for that to happen, you've got to go through, if you're going to become a vicar and all that sort of stuff, you've got to go through all these little kind of questions and answers. So another exciting thing is, it comes on to my point, is July, early July, as you know, Esther gets ordained as well. And so Esther is getting ordained in Worcester Cathedral and she will be a curate here, which is wonderful news. And we keep forgetting to let anybody know. And I should have told Esther I was going to let people know. But um, so wish me luck. Uh, everybody later on tonight but anyway so so the reason I tell you that is simply this is that when you have these really kind of big services you make all kinds of promises so Sarah's going to make loads of promises she's going to be there for you all 24 7 and she's going to make all these sorts of promises looking after your houses DIY whatever um, and, and it's 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 very exciting it's very powerful but here's the thing all those things are important but when Jesus is restoring Peter to be the leader of the church he doesn't say to Peter Peter have you grasped the doctrine of the Trinity yet he doesn't say that, do it. He doesn't say, Peter, do you know how to apply for a faculty? If you don't know what a faculty is, it doesn't matter. It's how you mend a church building. He doesn't say, Peter, do you know how to raise money to fix a church roof? Because that, particularly if you go in Anglicanism, Peter, uh, that's going to, and you might go Catholic, actually, Pete, uh, you know, that's going to be really important. Or does he say, Peter, you know, can you recite the whole of the Old Testament backwards and forwards and inside out and show it? He doesn't ask any of those questions. He doesn't say, Peter, have you got a vision and have you got a strategy and have you got your objectives all lined up? He doesn't ask any of those questions. Important and they all have a place, particularly in Anglican ministry. But he simply says, Peter, do you love me? That is the basis of the calling of Jesus. That all that Jesus wants to know is, do you love me? Can we have a relationship here? Can can we get on here? And the three times Peter denied, then Jesus restores him three times. You know, there was a fire when Peter denied him. Do you know that in the, in the early on in John's Gospel? There's a fire here by the beach. Jesus is doing some great little counselling. There's a great little psychotherapist moment going on here. And he's bringing Peter back. And he's saying to Peter, the most important thing is, do you love me? Do you love me? And for all of us, as we follow Jesus, that is the most key thing to know, is do we love Jesus? That's the qualification. At Sarah's coronation, that's what, um, she won't be asked that, but we know the answer. Uh, anyway, next thing, just to note, is this. There's this fantastic ending when uh, it was read to us earlier, wasn't it, Steve read to us earlier, when Jesus says, follow me, follow me. Is anybody here a bit of a control freak? You like having uh, things in control? You know, I don't know, you sort of book a wedding and something. You know, you know that sort of, uh, you know, that sense of things, it's nice to have things in control, isn't it? It's a myth, but it's really, really, really a nice feeling. Isn't it interesting that Jesus says to Peter, when you're older, you're going to have no control. And his calling is this, is that he says to Peter, just follow me. It's all I want you to do. And if you're following somebody else, 
you have no control, do you? You, you? you give up control. And that is what Jesus is calling Peter to do. He's saying, Peter, if you're going to follow me, you're not going to have as much control over your destiny as you thought. You thought you might do this, this, and this, but actually it's going to look very, very different. And the challenge, isn't it, is when you love, you give up that control and you surrender yourself to, one other th- to another person. The last but not least uh, is this, that Peter, Jesus gave Peter a task, which is to feed his lambs, which is a really wonderful task. And the simple thing is, is that for every single one of us, however, however old we are, whatever our background is, whether we think we believe in Jesus or we do on Sundays, but Mondays is a bit more difficult, wherever we are, Jesus has a little task for every single one of us. It could be doing oral history with Kath. It could be finding out all about the history of Top Church. It could be baking cakes. It could be serving our tea and coffee. It could be in your workplace, your vocation of living out the lifestyle that Jesus wants you to live, that Jesus calls each and every one of us to do certain things. And that's what he's calling us to do today. So we're going to share communion together in a minute. And as we do that, when you come up to receive communion, why not take that moment just to kind of think, actually, I just want to have that restored relationship of love with Jesus. I want to be able to lose control and follow him and just know that Jesus is calling each and every one of us to a particular task. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for John. Thank you that uh, he was someone who filled in the blanks, as it were. And we find out where Pete was. He was on that beach. But you found him, Lord. And wherever we find ourselves this afternoon, may we be found by you again. May love be at the heart of everything that we do. May we be willing to follow you wherever you lead us and find out the things that you want us to do as we follow you. Lord, as we start to gather around your table, Lord, would you send your spirit and bring us close to your heart again? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.